with not wearing out, but that's not how it is. And so uh, we want to encourage you to do so. I know that uh, Phyllis has many of these at home, so I know that she's getting ready to give her Easter offering uh, as well as her tithe, and uh, we are getting ready to do our part. So we are inviting you as participants of the kingdom of God, as our family of faith, to give this special offering. We do it every year, and that just enables us to keep everything excellent so that when people come in, they see it as a different house, not just like a place where people meet, but a place that we could invite God and his presence into. So right now, here is Eric Smith to give us a little more information about our Easter offering. Hi, Only Believe Ministries. This is Brother Eric. I just want to say hello and greetings. Uh, I'm coming to you today to talk about our Easter offering. Every single year we take up a special Easter offering as our way of saying thank you to the Lord for what He's done for us on the cross, His resurrection itself. And you've given very strongly in times past, and we're coming to you again this year to talk about what we want to put those assets, those, those proceeds towards. We have a lot of building maintenance. We want to get things done around here. We're estimating it's going to take about $40,000 to do the general maintenance things we want to do to accomplish all the many things to get this house looking good. To us, first impressions mean a lot, and I'm sure you understand that as well. Um, we want to make sure that we're putting a good first impression for our, for our guests that come to our church and for our church family. Uh, it speaks of a spirit of excellence, and that's how we want to operate as Christians. We always want to do things in excellence. So we want to put monies towards fixing concrete, uh, potentially working on the asphalt, we have issues with uh, the children's church roof, the youth ministry's roof as well. We have some leaks there we want to get fixed. We also have some things like some pews that we got to get fixed and some carpet issues. So when you add all those things up, it's about $40,000. So we want to ask you to use your faith along with ours and ask you to consider giving like you have in times past. Many of you have given single gifts of $1,000. Some are giving gifts of 500. Others are giving gifts of 50 or 100. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart, we just want to say thank you in advance for doing because God's house needs repairs and I know you're going to see the need and you're going to respond to it. So thank you in advance for what you're doing and thank you so much for all you do. You're part of this family and together we're making a true difference for the kingdom of God. God bless you. Hallelujah. We want to thank you for your uh, tithe and offering as well as your seed and your special uh, gift that comes into the area of uh, tithing, offering, and then our alms, and then our seed faith. So we are glad that you are with us today, and I want to speak to you about what Eric uh, spoke to you about the title of the message is. It is finished. And not only is it finished, but it is the providence of God, the work of redemption has come to a completeness. It cannot be added to, cannot be taken away from. And I want to read to you out of Luke, the 24th chapter and verse 20. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been him which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, this is the third day since these things were done. 
Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonish which was early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels and said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher. They found it even as the women had said, but they saw not. And when he said unto them, O foolish and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither that they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and tarried with them. And it came to pass that as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and he blessed it, and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Here we see that when Jesus first appears to the disciples on the road uh, of Emmaus, what happens is that they have so many questions. It is this Jesus that we just believe that he was going to redeem Israel. What they thought was that Jesus was going to lead a great rebellion and start a war against the Roman Empire. But that's not what Jesus was about. Jesus was about redeeming man from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of death, the kingdom of bondage, of sickness, of disease, of need, Jesus came to war a spiritual warfare. And his kingdom was not an earthly kingdom. It was a spiritual or heavenly kingdom. But Jesus began to explain to them, look, remember the things that have been said. And he goes back to Moses. He goes through Psalms, Jeremiah, Isaiah. He goes through these and pulls out the scriptures that speak to him about uh, the work that he was about to complete on the behalf of those that believed in him. And so, not is it just finished. The word finished means just what it did in Genesis when it says that God finished creating the birds and the fish. That was one day. God created the uh, heavens and uh, the solar system. That was another day. God created the trees and so forth. That was another day. When it says it was finished, that means that it was complete. Not only had God created creation, but he had previous knowledge because of who he is, the omniscience of God. In other words, God knows things from the beginning to the end, according to Isaiah that says that remember the things, the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. 
I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. Isaiah 46.10. So what God says is this. I am doing these things, but I know the beginning to the end, the end from the beginning. He knows it forward and backward. And when God creates something, he has in it the providence of God. Now, the word providence simply means that it means the foreknowledge of the care of something. The foreknowledge of the care of something. In the case of God's providence for us, it means that we as believers, his children, his sons and daughters, have had every need met before we ever were created. And so it has been provided for us in fulfillment of every need, of every uh, requirement, of everything that we would put our hands to before it ever existed. In other words, if we encounter a battle before it ever existed, God has already weighed it out, God has already examined it from every direction, and that he has provided a way of escape that turns in to victory. Let me give you a little example. It's kind of like when God says it is finished and he rests, seven, he rests on the seventh day. That simply means that before there was one tree, before there was a tree, guess what? God created the dry ground. Remember, the earth was covered with water. God created the dry ground that a tree, grass, flowers, the vegetation kingdom could be established. And in that vegetation kingdom, for every tree, for every flower, for every type of grass, there was in the soil the nutrients and all of the minerals needed for that one tree, for that one flower, for that type of grass. Now, God knows the need of that tree before he ever created it, and he knew the need of it in the soil before he ever parted the land and the sea. And then think of this, that before there were any birds created, that God created zones that birds fly in where there are currents to take them up and to lower them. And notice many times birds use their wings because they understand the law of lift and descent. They understand that because God has put it in them. So before there were any birds, guess what? God creates lift and God creates uh, a wind uh, surfaces and lines so that birds can use the current. Before there was a fish, there was what? There was water. There were different types of fish. One water needs salt water. One fish needs salt water. Another fish needs uh, what we call a plain water, just regular runoff water. 
but one can't live in the other. But see, God took all of that in account. God weighed it out. God created what was needed for the fish. Before the fish, God had to create a supernatural supply of food that that water, salt and plain water, would uh, take and produce for those fish. And so God created that, and before he ever created them, he had to create for them an ecosystem that would support them and provide for every one of their needs. Now, the Bible says in Colossians 2.10, think of how powerful and how thoughtful God is. It says that we are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and powers. The word complete means we are filled, we are full, we are supplied, we are perfected, we are furnished or supplied liberally. And Ephesians 3, 9 says that as we increase in the knowledge of the love of God, which passes all knowledge, then we begin to see the completeness that he provided for us through Jesus Christ on the cross. So when Jesus is breaking down his part of fulfilling the scriptures, what he's doing is he is telling them that I have completed that which was prophesied that I would do for you. I have completed that which you needed for redemption. I have completed that which God desires for your life. I have completed for his creation. Uh, I have completed for the new creation just as God created for the former creation. And it is just as complete and as solid and as full as creation itself. Now, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, and we'll look at starting in verse 25, Matthew 6, 25, it says these words, Therefore, I say unto you, Jesus speaking to the disciples as well as to believers that follow in their faith, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body and what you shall put on it. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, look around you. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much greater than them? Of course you are. And then, which of you by taking, which of you by taking thought, setting down, wouldn't matter how many scientists, how many wise men, how many councils that you gathered around, if you gathered them all and said, prepare for man fullness of supply for his life that would express an unlimited love for him, please come up with a plan. The Bible says that they could not add one cubit to his plan or his provision. 
And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, so shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But you, as believers, seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, when we as believers get a revelation that it is finished, get a revelation of God's great depth of his love weighing things out for you and I, then we begin to discover a place where faith can be stable. Uh, when we have a revelation of the providence of our God, our faith becomes unshakable. I've never seen one bird flying in to a council session. I've never seen one bird flying into a place of anxiety cure. I've never seen one bird staying awake worrying about what they're going to eat, where they're going to land. Why? Because the counsel of the Lord, the providence of God, the finished work on the behalf of a bird is sufficient for all means. You know God even put, you know that birds can hear a worm crawling in the ground. Do you know that? Yeah. They can hear that good. And then it says, we no longer will live oppressed by fear. We will no longer uh, uh, be intimidated every day by the seen or the unknown because Hebrews 4.13 tells us that there's nothing hid from the eyes of him in whom we are in relationship with. In other words, God could see even in the darkest places and provide for us before we ever got there. In other words, before we get there, just like a bird has food, just like a fish has food, whatever it might be, a tree has nutrients, God has already been there. Because of his foreknowledge, he saw things that were coming and he provided for whatever he cared for or created. And so we do not just see where we are, we may see where we're going, but God makes provision for us to live or to possess that place before we ever get there. The provision, it says this, if we be willing and obedient, we shall eat of the good of the land. That means that there must be good in every foot that you and I walk on.
Remember that your father knows that you have need of these things before you ever get there. Before you ever get there. And notice how easy and how free it is. The uh, lilies don't toil. They don't spin. They don't dance for people. They don't perform. Yet, the Heavenly Father provides for them. And folks, it's not based upon your performance. It's simply based upon your faith. Don't take thoughts that contradict God's finished work of providence on your behalf. We need never to fear lack. Never. We never need to fear lack because birds don't. We never have to fear uncertainty or misdirected or misread purposes. God speaks to us very plainly. We don't have to worry about the outcome of a battle. Because God has already declared to you and I that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Now, I know that weapons come, but you have the promise. God has already seen the battle. He has already strategized how the devil will be defeated. He has already planned out your actions. And the Bible says... Uh, that we are to be led of the Spirit. Not only do we walk in the Spirit, but we are to experience the life of that Spirit. What is the life of the Spirit? The providence, the finished work of God through one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! So, before there was a battle, there was already the declaration of victory. Stand still and see that salvation. Notice that the providence of God to creation, are we not more than all of it? Yes, you are more important than the eagle, than the great condor, than, than the sparrow, than the uh, uh, a cardinal, what, whatever it might be. You are more important than that. And when we look out and we think, oh, look how God is caring for them. But think about how God has already cared for you because Jesus said, it is finished. In other words, I have provided all that the new creation needs. Remember, old things are passed away and behold, all things are of God. You may have been a self-provider. You may have been one that fought your own battle. But now... God has given you the victory in Christ Jesus. Notice that we, before we ever reach it, Paul has told us, our God, my God, will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. See, that is already determined and already said before you ever have a need. Jesus met that need. He exchanged his wealth for your poverty that he would be poor and you might be rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And then the Bible says that we can do all things, all things through Christ that strengthens us. It doesn't matter what we face. What we face is no match for our lives because Jesus is in us. Hallelujah. 
when Jesus comes in, he comes in in his full-fledged lordship and kinghood. And when he comes in, not only does he come in as a resurrected king, he comes in as a reigning king. He is the head of all principalities and powers. So if he is in me and I am in him, then those powers cannot overcome me. Now, do not let your heart be troubled. Stand still and see what the Lord will do. What will he do? He will watch over his word to perform it on your behalf. Now, before Ephesians 1.3, let's go to Ephesians 1.3. We'll read from 3 through 5. Ephesians 1, 3, and it says these words, Blessed be the God of our Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Well, you are, because God said he hath. Blessing. He has given you benefits. He has given you promises. He has given you provision. He has given you strength. God has blessed. He has prospered you. That is the word blessing. And in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blemish before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glory and of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption, we have it, in other words, we've been bought back from the kingdom of darkness, a life for a life, sin for righteousness, and so we have been redeemed. We've been delivered from the power of the devil. Not that you're going to be. You have been. You are delivered. Tell the devil to let you go. Tell him to get his hands off of your life. Tell him to let you have what God has given you. It says that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Do you know that before there was the curse, God had blessing in store for you? Why? Well, because before man ever sinned, Jesus Christ sat down and God in the council of the Father, the Holy Ghost, and the Son came together. And they counseled the cost of what it would take. That's why Jesus knew the cost of redemption. That's why it was a cup he knew he had to drink up, but a cup he did not want to drink up. And then as Jesus decides, I will give my life because man cannot be saved from tainted or sinful or unclean blood. It takes holy blood. It takes blameless blood. And only Jesus was without sin. 
And he bore our sins that you and I could bear his righteousness. And what happens is that Jesus, the Father and the Holy Ghost, before the foundations of the earth, that's before you and I were made, before anything is changed, before the Holy Ghost appears hovering over the earth, before God says, let there be light, you and I have already had John 129, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Before you and I were ever in the loins of Adam, we were already set to be redeemed. Before you were in the loins of Adam and before he sinned, God had already created a way out. In other words, God has provided for you redemption before you were ever born. Hallelujah. A lamb without spot and without blemish. Before sin reigned over man, God had righteousness prepared. Yeah. He who knew no sin bore our sin, that through him bearing it, that we might be made the righteousness of God. And you are the righteousness of God. And before there was a set, prepared place for man, God had already established his boundaries. Before fear was, faith ruled. Before sorrow was, joy was already given. Before a battle, victory had already been prepared. The curse came, but blessing slew it at the cross. Before a seed was ever sown to produce a harvest, God prepared the harvest. The harvest is waiting for the seed. The harvest is waiting for the seed. Did you get that? You can sow a seed, but the harvest has already been waiting. God prepared a harvest before he ever gave you a seed. Luke twenty-two thirty-five. When I sent you to do the gospel, did you have any need of food or script or clothes or sandals? They said, we lack nothing. No matter where they went, Jesus already had made providence for them. He had made a place of provision. Before the attack, Isaiah 57, 54, 17, no weapon formed against you. None. None. God has already calculated the strength of the enemy. Matthew 8 16 and 17, talking about healing. Matthew speaks about Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 speaks about healing coming through the providence of God on the cross, the finished work of Christ on your behalf. But then, as Isaiah prophesies it, Matthew sees it in action. He sees Jesus healing and casting out devils. And then Peter, 1 Peter 2.24, Peter looks back at Matthew and compares it to Isaiah 
In other words, before sickness ever came, God told you that he was providing you with healing and demonstrated it through one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, man. God is so overwhelming with his love towards you and I that it's hard to comprehend. But I'm telling you, as we seek the Lord, we will begin to comprehend the depth, the width, the length, and the height of the love of God. Before sickness was in our life, God prepared health to rule. The providence of healing was given before we ever encountered affliction. Wow, what an awesome God. Hallelujah. Before sickness ever came into your life, Mark said, the righteous that believe in my name shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Before you and I ever encountered sickness or anybody in our families, God gave us authority and the right to produce healing in people's lives. And as we go on, we could look at everything about life. You know, my mother-in-law used to have this saying, or she used to say it. I don't know if she got it, stole it, or just thought of it, but it said this. When Phyllis was little, she was just a little scrawny thing, and uh, Phyllis wasn't born with a silver spoon in her mouth. I don't think she was raised with a wooden spoon on her rear end, but anyway, Phyllis was raised, when she was little, she was just a scrawny little girl, and she was dressed in feed sack dresses. What was a seed sack dress? Well, you would order feed for your chickens, hogs, cows, goats, whatever it was, and it came in feed sacks, much like the brown sacks that you might see today or maybe white. And uh, then what they would do is they would take those feed sacks and they would make clothes. And we have pictures of Phyllis in that. Now, I say that only to let you know that God made provision for Phyllis no matter where she was. It might not have been the provision of a king or a knight or a wealthy lord or a landowner, but he made provision for Phyllis. And in that provision, Phyllis's mom said this, I guess Phyllis was asking her, Mommy, when am I going to get a boyfriend or have a man? Well, her mom said these words, For every skillet, there is a lid. In other words, her mom was teaching her the providence of God. In other words, she's saying, If God created you, God has a mate for you. And in the middle of that, she saw the providence of God. And then, of course, her eyes started looking for the best thing that she could get. And lo and behold, God served it up. And she got me. Now, I say all of that to let you know that God has a plan for your life. It's been complete and finished on the cross. 
Now that plan is multifaceted. The first thing that God wants man to know is that he has provided salvation. You know, without salvation in your life, without Jesus' blood washing away your sins, without Jesus taking you out of the kingdom of darkness and setting you in heavenly places, without Jesus giving you his righteousness, his purity, his holiness, his spotlessness, without him doing that, then you are bound by sin. Now, it doesn't matter if you feel bad or if you don't feel bad. Because salvation is not a feeling. Now, you may be touched emotionally today. You may be touched by the depth of the love of God. You may be touched by the power that you don't understand that put a man called Jesus Christ on the cross. I don't understand it. You may not understand it but it's not a feeling. You may be overwhelmed by the reality and the revelation of it. Yes, you may. But it comes down to you making a decision. It comes down to you realizing that all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now you might say, well, well preacher, I, I, I've never killed anybody. I, I've never been unfaithful and I, I've... I've never did this and I've never did that. Well, let me ask you something. Have you ever told anything other than the whole truth? Have you ever lied? Well, well, well yeah, everybody. The Bible says liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. Have you ever thought one evil thought about somebody else? Well, well yeah, but, but uh, well... The Bible says that you have to love your brother and your neighbor as yourself. If you think one thought, and it says that you must love your enemies, if you've thought one wrong thought, you have sinned. Have you ever looked at a woman and thought a wrong thought, or a man and thought a wrong thought? Have you ever wanted something that somebody else had? Certainly. See, we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. No man can live without sin without the power of the Holy Ghost into your life. No man can rule over the lust of his flesh, the lust of his eyes, and the pride of his life, except by the power of the Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead. See, we're all sinners, and we've all come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death separation from God. The Bible says, Isaiah 59, 1, 2, and 3, your sins have separated you from God. They're not God's sins, they're your sins. Now, you may have done that because you didn't have strength, you may have done that because you didn't know. Whatever the case, sin is still your master. The only way to break the power of the lordship and the mastery of sin is for you to repent and call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible said, whosoever will believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and when you confess him as Lord of your life, you shall be saved. 
Nothing can save a man except faith, a belief in Jesus Christ being the Lamb of God. Now, if you're watching me today on this glorious Easter Sunday morning, you know you've been empty. You know you've been looking for an answer. You know you've been looking for a purpose. You know you've been looking for something greater than yourself, something greater than you're experiencing. You just don't know how to get it. It doesn't come from a pill box. It doesn't come from a bottle. It doesn't come from drugs. It doesn't come from uh, immorality. It doesn't come any other way except peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but give I unto thee. You know, it's up to you to be saved today. I hear the Father calling to you, and so do you. You know that he's here. You know that he's right there in your living room, in your car, your hotel room, your hospital room. He's there right now. Why will you tarry? Will tomorrow be better? No, it'll be filled with its own problems. Will another convenient time? No, it'll pass you by, you'll miss it. Well, what about this and what about, I don't have all those answers. But what I do have is this. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the absolute truth. I am the life that God grants to you. Nobody can come unto the Father except through one Jesus Christ. You're watching me, backsliders, sinners. Pray this prayer with me. When you pray it, I want you to do Two things. First of all, I want you to start reading in the book of John. Now, I know that you're not going to understand it, but it's kind of like the instruction on a, um, putting a bicycle together. You've got to read it three or four times, then you catch it. And that's what will happen to you. Number two, I want you to confess him to your friends, to your family, to your in-laws, and I want you to send me a comment. I've just received Jesus Christ so that I can embrace you as a brother in the Lord. I want to be your pastor. It's not by coincidence you're watching this program. This is destiny. So let you and I join our faith together. Let me walk you through the steps of Jesus Christ transforming your life. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son. And I believe, God, that, Father, you died, that you sent him to die for my sins. I believe, God, that Jesus shed his blood to wash away my sins, to redeem me, to free me, to save me, and take me out of the grips of Satan and sin. I believe that he was buried and on the third day he rose from the dead. And you declared him Lord and Christ. And now by faith I confess Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. 
Jesus, come into my heart. I denounce every hidden work of darkness. From this moment on, I declare that I am born again. I declare that I am saved. I declare that I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I am a Christ-washed one. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You've prayed that prayer quickly. Go to the comment box. Call your friends. Tell them that you've given your life to Jesus. And please, we will contact you and help you. So I want you to join me again Wednesday night where we'll be preaching on the out of the word. I know you're going to be blessed. So I'll be looking forward to seeing you, hearing from you, your testimonies. Healings are still going on. God is still moving and healing people. Right now, there is a ruptured eardrum that is being healed in the name of Jesus. That, you know what? It is on a child. That child is about three and a half years old. That child was hit or was in some type of accident, and that's being healed right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, that child will hear good all of the days of their life. Call, let me know. God has visited your house. Right now, here's Eric Smith. Praise the Lord. What a, what a great message on it is finished. What Jesus did for us on that cross, his death, his burial, and his resurrection is because of what we do today. We thank you so much for tuning in today. Continue to share your comments. Continue to share your praise requests and testimonies as well. And please let us know if you receive Jesus as your personal Savior. It gives us great honor to pray with you every single day. And we encourage you, if you receive Jesus, get yourself, when we're allowed to, into a good church. Continue to read the Bible and start praying and talking to God just like I am to you because He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget, Wednesday at 7 p.m., Pastor has another great message. And we're going to be